over the bridge and yabba dabba ding dong. Um, yeah, it's it's been been some time. Um, and my apologies about that. Uh, one thing led to another, and you know, before you knew it, I like it's been so. You know, I I just want to apologize because I've been meaning to get down to episode four soon, and you know, with something like this, I can't just set aside like a few minutes and kind of go, I mean, yeah, sure, I edit the, the podcast, uh, you know, the various bits, but I really have to get into the mindset of, okay, I'm going to sit down and do this, and sometimes that's um, easier said than done, and uh, I wouldn't call it method acting or anything like that, but you do need to get into a frame of mind to say, I'm going to, you know, I need to sit down and do this, and yeah, so my apologies about that, but I'm looking forward to getting into this album. Um, this is Mother's Milk. This is the Mother's Milk episode. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we start off now with Mother's Milk, and I will say that I have this physical copy to hand, so that'll make some of the conversation, at least from my point of view, be a bit more interesting. And it's of the, yeah, as I mentioned before, the, the last three episodes, or the last three albums, rather, I wasn't familiar with those albums so much, and with this one I am a little bit, but I'm going to be honest, by and large, there's an awful lot of these albums, I, you know, I'm, some of them I haven't listened in a while, but I have some familiarity with, um, some more than others, this is definitely one of the others, because, I, you know, I've listened to this album a few times when I got it back in, I don't know, I, I got this album back in the year, early 2000s. Um, I think I got it before By the Way came out, and um, I don't really remember much about the album. It didn't leave a huge impression on me. Um, well, you know, yeah, okay. Let's. So I, I, I will get into some. I don't know if I call it anecdotal, but um, first, you know, I, I with this, I will, you know, talk about the cover artwork first and get into that. So let's, let's talk about. Let's talk about the cover artwork first. The more I see, the more I see, the more I see. So yeah, I actually quite like this uh, artwork. It's um, it's kind of, it's kind of sexy, but it's kind of a, you know, I think if I remember correctly, it's kind of goofy as well. But the bit I was going to say, if I remember correctly, is that John Frusciante here. I think he was quite picky about. They had a few different um images of the band in this kind of within the forearms of the the lady on the cover and I uh I think he overall he kind of wanted to do something goofy and I kind of understand that because I think maybe he was just kind of like maybe he just wasn't buying into the whole you know maybe it was a bit much the the guys being kind of you know looking real serious and earnest so he kind of the other three members are a little bit a bit serious looking they're a bit ponderous um i'm surprised anthony's and just looking at one of her boobs to be honest with you um but i do kind of like that for shanty's there and he's just like <laughs> um yeah um who designed this artwork let me find out i have the sleeve artwork here and what you hear me doing is going to the sleeve artwork I might even have to pause this until I, until I find. Oh no, no, wait! I think I found it. The cover concept here is Anthony, so that's that. 
photography Nels Israelson. Um, let's see. Art direction design Henry Marquez Peter Shea. Hmm. Okay. Um, and for what is worth, I don't usually go into the the. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into the album sleeve artwork. Maybe I feel like I have a little bit more. Uh, want to get into that because I actually have the album sleeve here. Um, there is a back. There's a painting on the back of this um sleeve, as um, was on by Hillel Slovak. So, uh, underneath the actual back cover artwork, it says this album is dedicated to the memory of Hillel Slovak. So that's that. I'm not going to get into anything but the, the painting. It's it's cool or whatever. But in terms of the actual um, to get album cover artwork. Which is what I'm talking about in this particular section. Uh, it's, I, I can I like it actually. It's 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 classy. Which the last three album covers I wouldn't say were. I mean, sure, it's a little bit. Um, what would I say? I don't think it's misogynistic or anything like that. Um, I think it's quite tasteful. I quite like it. Is this the first time? I mean, maybe not within. The album artwork. God, I'm really showing my um my uh lack of RHCP knowledge here. Was this the first time the asterisk, the asterisk, or whatever that particular symbol is, the logo it's used? Um, probably not. Probably somebody's going to say, "Hey, it was used before," and whatever. And okay, I'll just shut my mouth about that. But um, yeah, I I, I like it. It's um. It's cool and I like the album artwork. It's as simple as that. Um, do I have anything else to say about it? Um, I mean, I guess the Mother's Milk title is, is there. Um, kind of subtly there in the top left-hand corner. Um, and there's a, oh yeah, there's a rose kind of covering um, a nipple. And yeah, I think... I think, I don't know who the lady is, actually. Um, I don't know if she's somebody at the band knew or was just a model. Um, I presume this was done in some form of Photoshop or maybe not full. I don't know. Does that matter? But is it a drawing, by the way? I don't know. I think it's photography. But, uh, oh, yeah, I, I like this album artwork. It's cool. People need to cover... Now, as for my memories of this album, and I think this will be a, I don't know if you call it a new uh, section, um, but I will certainly talk about the um the albums as uh the albums from here on, you know that I've had some sort of relationship with, and maybe maybe I'll say what I thought of them then, and I'm thinking this on the fly as you can say t tell, but um maybe I'll um just say what I thought of them or my memories of getting the albums or my first impressions were or whatever so well first off um yeah my first impressions and i kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier where that i i don't really have much memory of this album listening to it i think maybe you know having listened to the very first three albums uh, might give this some context because when i when i heard this album i heard it after hearing at least two if not three of the other albums that came after this and um, I think I, first, I was a little bit, 
was it thrown off? I think I just, I just wasn't blown away by it. Now maybe I'll, as I say, I'll have greater appreciation for after listening to the first tray and saying, okay, this is, you know, it didn't just come out of a left field. Not that I think this is a completely, you know, it's not a concept album. It's not um, an art rock album, but um, I think just there was a sort of discord between this and Blood Sugar Sex Magic, at least from a production sound, if I remember correctly. Um, I think the only songs I really remember of this are, there's a Stevie Wonder cover in this, isn't there? Um, Fire. Is that the Stevie Wonder one? Um, what you hear there is the actual CD. Yes, I am using CD. Um, uh, no, 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 my bad, my bad. I, I was thinking that sounded wrong. Um, Higher Ground track two is the Stevie Wonder song, and track number nine, Fire, is the Jimi Hendrix one. So I don't even remember much about the Jimi Hendrix one. I remember the Higher Ground one because I've, I've listened to it a couple of times and it was under the Great Hits compilation he released in the, uh, was that the mid 2000s? Um, and I remember, um, is it Sexy Mexican Maid? Um, is that the one that has the um that riff in it that that band um used what are called the one the butterfly thing I'm a butterfly sugar burber anyway they you know that was one riff that was the only one if I remember correctly in whatever song it is I think it might be sexy Mexican made I could be wrong um but like I said I'm not like I'm going to go into this album almost fresh I'm not having this do yet. So that I can give a, a reappraisal, but this is just initial impressions because it's been a long time since I listened to this album. But um, yeah, there was, that was in it just once in this song once, and then that band were called Sugar Town. I don't know. Anyway, they they built a whole riff, which you know, it's a good riff, but who knew that would be their one hit song? And it had a very, I mean, the video. It was that video early two thousands as well? It was very uh it's a very two thousands video and even the the overall song this is very early two thousands and uh yeah, it's all these if you've seen the video you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, let me look up the song because otherwise I'm just talking on my ass. Um I'm gonna say Sugar Town Google it and see what comes up. It probably isn't Sugar Town. Um it's probably something else, but uh but I'm gonna Google Sugar Town and see what comes up. This is live. This is live podcasting. No, I don't think it's Sugar Town. <laughs> um, butterfly Sugar Baby. I'll put in. Uh, butterfly Sugar Baby because that's gonna Crazy Town. That's it. Crazy Town. Sugar Town. Well, fuck it. Um. Oh, that's I know where I got Sugar Town from because they're like you're my butterfly sugar baby. Anyway, so Crazy Town. They they um. They had that song. It was actually 1999. Um, I thought it was... Somehow thought it was 2001. Um, I thought it was kind of around... Because it sort of... That song kind of came around... Um, that whole... I don't know if I say rap rock. I suppose it was. I mean, I, were they a rap rock? Rap rock? Were they a rock rock band? Were they? I don't know, but it kind of... Hold off, hold off now. 
let me see, I'm looking up that ever informative and always, always correct site Wikipedia. Um, the song was released. That song was released. Wait, hold on. This is interesting. That album was released in 1999 uh, by Crazy Town. Sorry, the Crazy Town album. This is obviously a side, a side tangent here. But Crazy Town released an album called The Gift of the Game in 1999, November 1999. Uh, so it had whatever, various um, tracks. And um, uh, then they released Butterfly as... Is this the first single? I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't. No, it wasn't the first single they released from this album. But anyway, this single was released in February... 2001 so at least a year i mean a long time before they released this song and this was kind of like this was like their uh their hit single um apparently they're a rap rock outfit i think there's a little bit of light rapping going on in that song and oh yeah it's also clarified for me uh that it was actually pretty little ditty um that used that the song sampled from. I say sample, I mean it was the whole it was the whole riff from that song and even that song Pretty Little Ditty, not sexy Mexican made as I wrongfully said. Um I think it's only in it for a little bit. Like it's it's not it's kinda like is it in the bridge? I don't know. Uh is it in the bridge or is it under the bridge? Get it? Um uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's not for that. Uh but anyway I don't really remember much about this album. I I kind of feel like it kind of flew over my head. No, I wouldn't say it flew over my head. I just, it was an album at the time I was kind of going through. I don't know if I'd say a completionist phase, a completionist phase, but I, uh, certainly not because I didn't buy all of the albums or have all of them in some sort of format. But um, I I certainly think I wanted to, like, dig a little deeper with the band at this time when I got the album. And then I will say, it might sound damning, but certainly at the time when I got this album, I listened and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But it, it didn't, I wasn't in any, um, it didn't make me want to dig any deeper or further down the, uh, the early discography of the band. So once I heard this, I was like, yeah, I think I'm good. At that particular time, I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I don't, I don't really. I'll see what stuff to release later, but I'm not. Or you know, as as and when albums come out, but I'm not. You know, unless somebody, a friend of mine, uh, was like, "You have to listen to Freaky Styley," and to be honest with you, a lot of my friends at the time. I mean, yeah, uh, somewhere into Red Hot Chili Peppers, but it was a lot of the Californication stuff that really and even by the way when that came out that was that was huge it was huge in ireland huge um so yeah um that's all i have to really say about my my memories of the album i can't say anything really stuck out for me other than those two or three songs and even then i wouldn't say i hated them i, I just it i know i am curious to listen to this album because i i don't remember much about it or is there, was there any vibe i had for it i just yeah um I will share a little bit of an anecdote though, because when I went to, I went to a, a record store, um, 
whenever I got this album and well actually no I went to a record store to get this album and I saw it and I was like will I get this won't I and I was I was kind of humming and hawing about getting it and I was like ah, hmm. and then I had a look at some other albums because I, I was going through a relatively I want to say a really big uh fandom of the the band I don't know but I was I was interested enough but I was still a little bit um apprehensive because I you know this was essentially I don't know was it pocket money uh summer work money you know part-time work money I don't know I was a little bit like you know tight about these things see these were expensive like and certainly and still are actually to, to some extent even in this Spotify era but I uh I held off in that particular moment I was like okay I'll come back to the album and what I decided to do I left it in whatever it was in under you know you're going through the, the CD racks and it's under our red hot chili peppers and there it is and I was like mm, yeah will I or won't I I don't know and I was like I'll, I'll come back to it and I decided to go through I didn't even pick it up I didn't bring which was when I, I realized now a school by error because I I decided to go through various other scan through various other albums and um not of the band, just other other stuff under whatever Z or A and some you know, because keep in mind, you know, that this is actually a big record store and like I think the next to get to where A and B and C and so so forth, they were in another aisle. So I went down to that other aisle and um I don't know what I was looking at. Anyway, I came back or maybe I left the shop at some stage came back and I was like you know what I actually am going to get the album and I came back to get it and it was gone I was like wait what what happened my mind was blown by this and really I don't know why it was blown but at the time not blown in a good way it was just kind of like definitely not blown in a good way I was like what the fuck and I was like oh man maybe maybe somebody misplaced it under S or and not Q or whatever, and then I was like, shit, somebody else got the album, shit, I had it, I could have got it, and, and I was really annoyed with myself, I was, I was like, a bit, I was a bit like, uh, immature about it, <laughs> it's like, Argh. I mean, not, not in front of anybody in the shop, but, uh, to explain, I came back as a, as time I was only, I was pretty, like, I don't know what age I was, but let's just say I was, I was young, but not young enough to, you know, I was young, but old enough to know better because eventually I came back to my my mum's car and because she had done some shopping in this uh, area and she was like, so, you know, and she was like, what's wrong with you? And I was, I had a sulky bitch face on me and I was like, oh, you know, I had, you know, I wanted to get the album, but it was gone. And she was like, you know, Okay, and I was like, and you know, as a teenager or whatever, you're kind of like, you don't really want to tell parents what you're listening to, not because of anything being problematic or whatever, you're just kind of like, it's even when, you know, can you remember when you're a teenager and somebody comes in and they're like, what are you watching? And it's not even that anything has a particular bad name, you're just like, mm, you, know, you know, you're just like, I don't want, I don't want to tell you, but I was like, she was, anyway, at this particular time, she was like, I was, you know, who was it? it was like, red chili peppers, it doesn't matter. And, you know, 
And she was like, okay. And she was like, well, sure, you know. I, I don't know what she said, but I was I, I remember the time going, oh, it was mother's milk. Uh. <laughs> and I think about it now, it's just so, so goofy to be like, you know, I wish it was something hardcore when I think about it. I wish it was something like Slayer, like um, one of their albums, like Rain and Blood or something like that. You know, something that I could get, like, that just sounds angry. Like, you know, oh, it was Rain and Blood. Oh, it was Saint Anger or something like that. I mean whatever but quality some of those albums but you know instead it was I was saying to my mother oh it was mother's milk and it's just like oh my god and I think right now I kind of cringe a little bit maybe that's why I personally forget this album I've, I've repressed it there's something weird going on there I don't know but uh yeah that's uh that's probably more than the songs that's my outstanding memory I did eventually get the album I don't remember how um and I say that like it's a big task it wasn't necessarily a big task but I don't think I was I didn't have a credit card, never mind. I wasn't even using the internet much of the time, so I don't know how. I eventually picked it up, and I think when I did, and I don't mean like it was many years later, you know, all this drama was probably like two weeks later I got the album, and somehow that felt like an eternity because it invaded me that first time. Mother's milk, wah, evaded me. But um, when I did listen to the album, I was a bit like, and I don't think I had this big, you know, huge, when I sat down the album, this is a big moment or that. Because there's a couple of bands when I've actually listened to the albums, I've sat down, especially when they release new music. It's harder as you get a bit, I don't say older, but as you have more commitments and you can't just get lost in a room for an hour. Sometimes you can, but you really have to set aside that time. But back then I had loads of free time to just sit down and do this kind of stuff. But anyway. I never really sat down with any of the Chili Peppers albums like, okay, this is a monumental listen. I'm going to sit, you know, lights out, candles on. Well, I don't know. I don't know about the candles, but or just, just folks and just reading through the, the album. But when I sat down with this album or whenever I listened to it, I was just like, uh, yeah, okay. So, like I said, didn't leave much of an impression. Not enough for me to explore uh, albums prior to that or music prior to that from the band. So, yeah, I mean, look, you know what, let's, um, you know, that's, that's all I really have to say about that. But let's see, what is the album, the track list in? How many songs are in this thing? Uh, you know what, the, the actual, going to get into a bit more of a typography snobbery here, but it's really hard to read uh, some of the track listing because at the back, it's all kind of this pink and the image of the band on the back and you can just about read some of the titles but fuck it's kind of a little bit legible it's 13 songs on this so what was what was um i'll put on whatever site and look up. uh mother milk and yeah i'm actually doing this on the fly guys i'm, I'm not usually I, guys and girls i'm not just um Sometimes I, I skip these bits and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll come back to and I'll see how many tracks are what side A and what side B. But I'm actually just doing this on the fly because, you know, what? fuck it. I, I haven't talked to you, to all my listeners, and you know what? Thanks for listening. Okay, cool. I know now how many songs are on side A or what songs are on side A and what are on side B. So there is 13 tracks and side A starts with the first track, obviously. Good time boys and it 
ends with knock me down so that's track six so then side b will be taste the pain um and then track 13 is the final track and so it'll end with johnny kick a hole in the sky oh yeah side note side notes two side notes side note one um i said school by error about the album when i picked it up in the shop uh or i should have picked it up the album in the shop and walked around with it obviously I left the shop and obviously I didn't bring the album that wasn't bought because that would be shoplifting. But something I've done since, well, maybe not recently, you know, certainly not recently this year or what I used to do following on from that whole mother's milk disappearance is I would sometimes put if I wanted something or if, and I just was, I don't know why I didn't just carry the album around inside the shop or maybe I was going to another shop, but if that was the case, what I used to do following on from this particular incident was I would put, um, let's say Saint, Saint Anger for some reason. If I said Metallica Saint Anger and uh, I picked it up, I was like, I really want to buy this album. Um, but, or do I? I'm kind of half, I'm not fully committed. So what I might do then is uh, I would put said album in the most likely place a Metallica fan would and obviously this is a little bit um it's it's assuming people don't have eclectic taste music but I would have put this out I would have put Saint Anger in amongst I don't know with another you know in another complete slot so I would have picked up the album and put it in beside maybe the Backstreet Boys or something like that and of course you know there could be people who like both but at the time I was like, well, if somebody really is looking for this album, they're not going to look in the Backstreet Boys section. Um, you know, it was, it made more sense for me to do that than say put it in beside uh, Pantera or something like that. So that's the first uh, little, just wanted to cap that little side note there and mention that. Side note two, and is it more of a side note or is it just that I didn't mention it? But I'm going to mention now, this is the second album produced by Michael being horn, being horn, buying horn, um, and uh, yeah, and also, and addendum to that side note is that new lineup. We have a new lineup for the pan and her fourth album, and Anthony's there, of course. Flea's there. We now have, and I mentioned him without even getting too much. John Frusciante uh, took over in guitar duties from Hillel, uh, from you know after Hillel died. And we have, what's his face? Um, obviously, they call him Chad Smith. Sometimes they call him Will Ferrell. But yes, he is Chatterick Smith. And he is the drummer. I don't know why I said they call him Chad Smith, but I'm not going to cut that bit out. Um, yeah, so this is the, the newest, at this particular time, line of the band. And uh, obviously, as people know, Generally, this is the lineup most people are familiar with, but also, as some casual fans know, this lineup does sort of slightly change up over the years, a couple of times over. But, um, yeah, so that's the band lineup. Okay, let's hit play, let's get into it.
Good time, boys. Mm, I think this really shows, the song really shows how the band are really coming into themselves, which is odd given that half of the band is new, but at least from a recording point of view. But it just finds the band locked into a nice groove. Um, while there's lots of lyrics in this song, and I imagine it would have been hard to remember it, I'm, to sing the lyrics, I'm not going to get into lyrics so much. It has some bits that might be lyrically singing along, certainly the chorus. Um, can I say it's memorable enough if, if I forgot it up until now? I don't know. But anyway, the song has a nice groove. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from this song is, um, I think it's three minutes in. I always play this on CD, by the way. And a song I thought, on this time around at least, starts skipping. And I was like, oh no. I, uh, oh no. I thought maybe there's a, had I, was the CD, had I overused it, had it been scratched? But then I, I realised, no, there's actually a bit where the, uh, I soon enough realised, because it, it's only a split second where that weird skip happens. And then samples two or three songs. And I don't mean sample in the more modern take. It actually just takes a couple of bits of songs. Um, and it's funny enough that in the liner notes, nothing is really... Like when I got this album, I wouldn't say it was pre-internet, but certainly not at the... I didn't have internet at home at the time. And certainly... Even so, I don't know how easy readily available uh, information was on artists, certainly even artists such as this band. But anyway, I thought there's three samples in the song, and I really I remember when this came when I when this when I originally heard the song. Um, I always liked one of the excerpts spread in the whole song of this. So I was like, oh, that sounds like a really good song. And that was my biggest takeaway from the song then. And I think it's still my biggest takeaway now. Um, although, look, I think the song is okay. I I think contextually, definitely, um, you know, I can appreciate that the band are better now than they were three albums ago. Um, but anyway, one of the songs I liked on this particular sample was a, a White Girl by X. I didn't know that was... The song I didn't know it was a song by X. I I don't even this has been really I don't have any experience with the band X, but I kind of want to hear more about them. Higher ground, the second track and another cover. This song just just vibes. It's just so good. I mean, look, it doesn't matter. It's a cover. I can't even remember the Stevie Wonder version, and I'm not saying. I just look, I just this just trucks on. It's just really John Frusciante is brilliant here. I hadn't noticed it before, but he just has a really nice guitar tone. It's just super. It's just such a. It's not. It just it's just a really good second track. If if your first song is rocking and you followed up with an even harder rocking song brilliant I mean it sounded like I wasn't into Good Time Boys I thought it was good but this is just a really really good solid second track Subway to Venus carries on the up-tempo vibe with some idiosyncrasies of its own such as straight away it just gets into it you got some 
you know, saxophone, trumpet, trombone, it goes through this really kind of a, a scar function, but by the end it's kind of just gone into this weird gonzo fusion. Um, and, oh yeah, and at the start, Bobcat returns a little bit. Um, but I think the, the takeaway from this song or the standout bit is just, there's just, I think it's just that the chorus is really good. Uh, it's very quick, uh, lyrically. Um, what is it? Space, yeah, space is king, oh, so I sing. A subway to Venus. And at first I was like, whatever, it's lyrics. Now I'm like, I can't get it out of my head. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, with the, the verses, they're a bit like Good Time Boys. It's not the strongest parts of the song. It, there, like, there's lots of words there, but it's just like machine gunned out. But, um, yeah, it's it's really all about the music and the chorus in the song as well. Uh, Magic Johnson first kind of uh, weak link so far um i mean of course the of course the red hot chili peppers had to write a song about the basketball player magic johnson like of course they did um it's uh, at first you know i really liked it i liked the drum the drum kind of thing whatever it is kind of a military beat um but and then there's some nice uh, uh percussive um playing by Frashante but it's I don't, I don't know if the, the band were thinking that this is going to be some sort of uh maybe this was some sort of thing that maybe Magic Johnson would have um I don't know if he would have it's not it's not like he's a boxer where he comes into a ring and or, you, you know, women like, uh, this is my anthem. I mean, I, maybe they weren't going for that, but uh, I don't know. This song is sort of, it's just a little bit vapid. Nobody weird like me. Um, well, look, there's lots of weird songs, I guess. I mean, Magic Johnson is certainly a, kind of a weird song, but this, yeah, this is definitely kind of, trying to be weird um while still being frenetic and look the band are so tight um again it's it's, it's an okay song it's i wouldn't i'm not overly offended by the song it's just it's kind of like whatever it's a whatever song but i'll tell you what and something i noticed over the last two or three songs anthony's singing just his general singing is just better it's just he just seems to really come into his own um and the fact that he can elevate parts of these so, and look i'm not saying it's a completely rubbish song but like like again down to the course there's just he makes it work um and i think that's a really good sign of a singer if you can elevate material even when maybe the material is not that great and um uh, the song just shows a lot of um sounds and i don't know is there a vocoder in there or something maybe i'm talking with my ass but it's it's you know it's just i mean maybe lyrically no i'm not even gonna get to lyrics here it's just again frenetic singing but it's it's during i actually think when he sings during the courses 
and the songs kind of take a breath, that's when, you know, some of the real sweet spots of these songs are revealed. You know, if there's one thing I've noticed so far with this album, is that maybe bar higher ground. They're just shooting out like this songs are just like and then we get to the chorus and there's a bit more of a melody going on there. Okay, Knock Me Down is track number six and concludes side A. Uh, this song, while I wouldn't say it's like Behind the Sun, which is track six on the Uplift Mofo Party Plan, it reminds me of it in, obviously they're both track sixes, but it feels like it's another kind of left turn um, for the band. I think this one probably isn't as much of a curveball for me as Behind the Sun was. Um, but I see it kind of following on from, from that. In terms of it feels like the band is developing more um, avenues in terms of how they write songs um and i will say unlike the previous five tracks of this it doesn't feel like they're in such a rush to get the diverse chorus first thing out it, it, the song i actually didn't realize i mean i just listened to the song but it's actually about i mean it's probably evident that's about drug use but you know, when when you're just listening in the background first, you're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Because the song itself melodically is quite upbeat. Um, but there is kind of a it's conversely is quite um I would say lyrically downbeat. Um and it's it's just it's a really, really good song. Um it's a really good song to finish side A on and there's some nice uh, backing vocals there um from Vicky Calhoun. Um, I mean, it, it's very of its time in some respects, um, but I just it really, like, it fades out as well, and there's that fade out thing again, but I actually think it's lovely here. It's really, really nice uh, inside it, and leaves me wanting more, um, and I think it's, um, it just, it feels like the band is just developing more and more, um, this formation of the band um, never mind what happens ahead or you know but certainly it feels like everybody's locked in um the, the songwriting is stronger the music is stronger um the melodies is it's uh you know the whole chef's kiss thing i'm not i don't know i'm not even gonna get into that internet speak but um yeah i mean it's just it's just a really really good song again yeah that's all i have to say and uh, you know that that pretty much concludes um a side a for me i will say something i've noticed i was more apparent listening to this and i know there's some parts of the last album where i could see okay you know like behind the sun i was like okay this is different but i certainly did feel like from side a here that like i was more aware the band were capable or it became more prevalent or prominent even i don't know that they could write hit songs that's not this is not a discourse on whether those songs are good or bad but 
it just feels like you know whether hit songs are necessarily better than album songs that are you know but it just feels like there's more um there's more meat on the bone in terms of these songs being just stronger um and it just feels like i can see the potential or where the potential would go to write hit songs uh more so than i did see it before i'm looking forward to getting into side b which starts with what does it start with taste the pain okay and then concludes with johnny kick a hole in the sky so yeah let's let's get into side b Now, Taste the Pain is um, first song on Site B, and this is a this is a great opener to Site B. I forgot all about this song actually, and I remember seeing the video for it before I got the album. Um, yeah, it it's actually it's a nice. Uh, is it mid tempo? I would say it's mid tempo. Yeah, and everything works in this song lyrically. It's I actually really like the lyrics in this one. Um, a particular bit I like here, um, I stare at the ceiling because I cannot fall asleep tonight. No, not at all. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just really, uh, visual and, um, it's a kind of a, it's kind of a heartbreak song, I guess. Um, but it seems to be also like, look, as I said before, I, I, I don't know the story about these songs beforehand, so make that what you will but that's just the way i do it um but i just it seems to be about heartache but also there seems to be a little bit of a reference to some uh self-destruction there as well um but i, I just it's a really good song it has a really good chorus and the band come in and sing in the background um and kind of ends on this nice little lick Stone Cold Bush, um, it's um, it's an up-tempo rocker, but it's kind of like one of those rockers that, on an album, that's kind of, it's there, but, and it's probably, probably at this time of life favourite, but it's, you pop your head along to it, but there's not really much there, I'm not vibing completely with it, none of it is bad, it's just, just, okay, it's just, I wouldn't even call it a filler track, it just does nothing much for me. But I will say, when uh, it comes into the, um, the chorus, and I hadn't heard the song in a long time, but the chorus reminded me of something else, and I was trying to figure it out. Um, it actually, the song, like Stone Cold Bush precedes the song that I'm referring to, which is an Aerosmith song called Shut Up and Dance, uh, where in this, in Stone Cold Bush, it goes... She's Stone Cold Bush, and I goes on to all that ding, 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 ding. But there's a similar kind of structure to uh, is it the, the verse, part of the verse in the Aerosmith song "Shut Up and Dance." Um, if you know the song, just listen to it. I, I, I mean, look, certainly with music, it's bound to be things that remind you of other things. But I kind of do feel like they might have crept it a little bit, um, and made a new song about. Out of it as an Aerosmith to that because I think get get a grip I think is that 91 
I'm not sure. Anyway, so, oh yeah, and another bit in the lyrics here, when I was listening to the song a couple more times, and you're like, I thought there was a bit where this actually said in the song, pastry got nothing to show. I was like, what? And then I, I read over the lyrics, and it's Hate Street. Now, that's not H-A-T-E, that's H-A-I-G-H-T. Hate Street, got nothing to show. But then I could rest my lars, because I was, I was going to come down hard on the guys, you know. If they're going to be having a go at pastry, I mean, pastry, if done right, is delicious. Fire the, um, it's the Jimi Hendrix cover. Uh, it's the second cover in the album. And, um, I mean, look. I, I I don't actually have much to say about this song because it's fine. Like, you know, when an artist does a cover, I, I never really have a problem with it as long as it sounds good. It doesn't have to be super original. And this this sounds fine, but I kinda feel like I'm I kinda feel like this was put in there as a we win over the rock to hard rockers with this one. Um not that the band didn't rock already, but just Hey, it's a Jimi Hendrix cover, and they're all capable of doing this song. It's just, um, I don't think re- they really do much with it. Um, and, yeah, it's 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 kind of like, it's, it's an okay cover, but I must prefer Higher Ground. It feels like there's a lot more momentum behind that particular cover on this album, anyway. And there's been a couple of other covers I've heard them do over time, um, over the previous albums that I talked about. And they've been a bit more inspired. This just feels feels a little bit flaccid. Ouch. Okay, pretty little ditty. Um, yeah, this is the instrumental, and yeah, it's um, been a while since there's been an instrumental on any of their albums. Um, up until this point, anyway, and um, yeah, it's mostly it's mostly Flea and Frusciante. And there is a little bit of drums near the end. I didn't realise until I looked at the liner, the liner notes. There's also a trumpet, but that's also Flea. So he's a very talented guy, this Michael Balzari. Um, it's, it's, it's nice. It's it's really cool. It's nice. It is a pretty little ditty. And, you know, kudos. I think I already said but kudos to whoever uh, decides to use it, sample it within the, the Crazy Town song. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I mean, actually, when I looked again, that, that title of that crazy title album, The Gift of Game, I mean, that, that kind of sounds like it's an ad, very uh, very appropriate for the holiday season, The Gift of Game. What to get your kids? Why not get them The Gift of Game? Uh, punk rock classic, Um, it's about just under two minutes of, um, yeah, punk rock vibe, um, musically. Um, lyrically, it's got this kind of catchy um, chorus. Basically, the band are begging to be put on MTV, and um, it's it's funny because there's a couple of bits in this song where, like, first off, MTV even in nineteen eighty nine, I mean, it's different to what it is now, and it's gone through many changes over the years. As we, if you're familiar with MTV, you know that, but I can't think of anything less punk rock than being on MTV even in nineteen eighty nine. And also, I think it's just a little bit after the first, well, the first solid minute, there's like this crazy wax solo, which is cool, but it's um, it's not really punk rock either. <laughs> Sexy Mexican Maid, um, I think this is the first real Bone Zone song on the album. It feels like it. Um, it's, you know, the, the lyrics are all about that kind of thing. Um, 
for me, the highlight of this song is during a solo. The solo itself is good, but there's a riff that comes in and it's used during a solo and it's used uh, at the end of the song when it fades out. And it's just such a good riff. It um, wouldn't have sounded out of place on a Def Leppard album. Uh, it just has a real... Uh, it kind of does remind me of Pour Some Sugar on Me, actually. Um, but uh, just the way it's worked in the drums as well and um the song itself is okay but that's that's the highlight of that song okay the final track on this album johnny kick a hole in the sky it's a fast track um and i'd say it's quite lyrically anyway it's an angry track um but it's funny that when it started uh anthony's first bits in there like a cry a cry and the first thing i thought was um of that song funky crime from the last from the uplift mofo party plan funky crime sorry i stuttered there a little bit um yeah i mean this song seems to be kind of recalling some of his uh feelings about um his apache heart and uh, blood even um and just feeling like he's kind of at odds with the present world or the present world of 89 anyway um and it's very much a primal the lyrics are very primal to be quite honest um i don't really mind this song it's kind of i don't think it's it feels like a party song oddly enough and then when you look at the lyrics it doesn't really <laughs> but um because if i was to just read the lyrics to this i think okay this is potentially going to be a, a really downbeat song but musically it's quite upbeat um you know it's all the banner firing on all cylinders it's just um it's an okay song i don't think it's bad in fact i actually think this song would probably be great live but um i don't know i it's kind of something how i feel about some of the songs on this album and I guess yeah I'll, I'll conclude here with the overall the song and, and my take on the album um first off with this song it's okay it's okay it's not it's uh it's you know it's a foreign and all cylinders was not fully doing it for me and i think at least this time around listening to this album i've i see it as a transition album for the band I mean, some some artists such as you two, you know, or Metallica, they have their acting babies and their, their their black albums that kind of are transition from one sound to another. Now, I wouldn't say following on from this album, at least not from this album, did the band drastically change their sound? No, but definitely with this album, it's very much the going from kind of these underground funky punky songs and while some of that still carries through in later material um the songwriting is just better here mostly um there's a few songs that i'm just like uh, they're they're very much they're okay they're not they're not bad i know i wasn't crazy about magic johnson but i can't fault it musically if that makes sense i'm you know trying to be respectful because i actually don't think the album overall it's not it's not a bad album but it's not a great album either that's just the way i feel it's certainly i actually think this is the first time 
since I started this podcast where I feel like side B is probably just as good as side A. Um, and I actually think generally the album has quite a nice pace. There's just, there's just a few songs there that just do nothing for me. And then there's other songs I'm like, oh, wow, I, I either forgot the song was good or I've grown to appreciate the song. Um, I forgot about Taste of Pain. I love that song. And then there's like, I think it's like, you know, okay, it's a cover, but The Higher Ground cover is great. Um, Knock Me Down is a great song. Um, stuff like Pretty Little Did He's Good. Um, but then there's other bits, like, I think every song prob- probably, the Damning With Fame Praise, most Damning With Fame Praise thing I can say is that every song has something interesting on it. Um, some songs, like the ones I've just mentioned there a moment ago, are really good. And then there's other songs that, like, have good bits in them. Um, so I feel like the band have definitely stepped up and, I mean, it's easy now to say in hindsight, but it does feel, having listened to the previous three albums and having a general idea, like, knowing what comes next, this truly feels like, from a songwriting point of view and from a general commercial point of view, they're ready to um, enter the big leagues uh, in terms of uh, being a, maybe not necessarily quite a stadium rock band at this particular point, but definitely big players. Um, I'm not saying that that's necessarily good that, oh, you know, I'm not necessarily one for uh, an artist totally going into sort of a, a mainstream thing. But keep in mind, um, this is at the um, the end, you know, the tail end of the 80s. And I won't get into the next album here, but by the time the next album comes around, they're kind of doing a you know, it's the right time, the right album at the right time, the right place and all that kind of thing. But I think this album is a good bridge between what came before and what comes next. Um, I I think I would probably listen to this album again, but, you know, how, I mean, more so than I would the last three. I definitely think if, uh, you know, if you like the funky element of the band, but somehow you've only listened to stuff um, that comes after this album, I don't think, I think you could do worse than listen to this album. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, that's really, like, I actually think I probably will return to some of these songs. Um, and, you know, maybe something like Johnny Kick Hole in the Sky will, um, like it'll mean I don't say mean more to me, but but I definitely and I felt like like everything just seemed to come up a level. Even if, as I say, songs like Johnny Kick and the Whole Sky didn't do a lot for me, but it felt like the band grew up a bit musically anyway. And you know it's great that they managed with two new members and to have this um sound. I also think it was good that they had Beinhorn. Beinhorn. Um, I think it's good that they had him on album production duties again whether it be him or uh you know it's good that they had the same producer especially after quite um, a big change up regarding the lineup so yeah that really concludes my thoughts on mother's milk what did you think of mother's milk um this one was by red hot chili peppers i think the last one was by <laughs> their red hot chili peppers but um 
yeah let me know on gmail andywarbler at gmail.com or you can let me know on instagram you can contact me on instagram on orderbridge and y triple d and at time of recording uh, or time of uploading there will be a twitter account also which will be called otb and y triple d anyway apologies for the confusion of various names that's what happens when you pick a long podcast name but you know what that's fine that is fine um i've just been inspired by the band because some of their albums are titles are quite long anyway well that's my line and i'm sticking to it um yeah the next one is the it's arguably the big one although you know to my mind there's a couple of um mainstream anyway big releases the band have done but yeah it's blood sugar sex magic coming up next and uh i look forward to checking that one out haven't listened to that one in a long time um i've been andy warbler i'll still be andy warbler and this is old bridge and yabba dabba ding dong signing off hopefully have the next one up very soon won't take so long and yeah take care